Yes, we are off and running. Welcome in to the latest edition of the nation's college basketball show and podcast. It is college basketball coast to coast. I am your somewhat lucid and capable host, TJ Reeves. I am enlisting the help of some special guests. Coming up, we're going to talk some Kansas basketball. Uh, Straight ahead with Tyler Jones, who's in the Lawrence area as a radio host, covers KU. What in the wide, wide world of sports happened to the Jayhawks on Saturday as they were beaten and beaten decisively by the Baylor Bears? Of course, there's no shame in that. Baylor is now uh, rolling along with top 25 win after top 25 win. We'll talk to Tyler about that, about the strength of the Big 12. He's seen West Virginia up close and personal, too. Is Kansas going to bounce back? We're in the preview mode. Kansas against Oklahoma in Norman Tuesday night, depending on when you're hearing us. Also in Austin against Texas on Saturday. So we'll talk some Jayhawks uh, coming straight ahead on the program. Also, Mark Wise. Love the insight of, uh, of Coach Wise, who's been with me now for going on about 15 years national radio whether it's Sirius XM Fox Sports Radio on tune in on this podcast love Mark's insight as he works the ESPN family of networks on TV SEC coverage during the week Mark will be working the Arkansas-Vanderbilt game coming on Wednesday night on the SEC Network on TV. So he'll talk a little SEC with us. He's also an American Conference uh, analyst and commentator. Uh, American Conference game with Wichita State and Houston coming this week. He saw Tulsa firsthand upset Houston in the American Conference this past weekend. But Mark has got other thoughts, uh, not just on SEC and American play, but also we're going to talk a little Big Ten, a little Big East, uh, some San Diego. State is going to morph in here and whether they can run the table and be unbeaten can Auburn run the table here and finish unbeaten it's probably more likely that San Diego State can get to the finish line uh, without a loss than Auburn in the SEC but we'll talk about that uh, with Mark Wise and he's got the first installment of his three wise men these can be players these can be coaches these can be athletic directors love the three wise men so coach wise with me uh, in a few minutes and again we're in the preview mode uh, here midweek you may be listening to to us on Tuesday as the podcast has been released with the slate of games that's going to get underway. That includes uh, Duke playing Clemson with Clemson off the first win ever, 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 ever in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. They had never won a men's basketball game in Chapel Hill. Mark's going to talk more about that later on in, in our interview, but uh, Duke at 15-1 and one off the weekend win over Georgia Tech. They will now uh, get set to, or uh, they also defeated Wake Forest, Georgia Tech and Wake Forest last week. So Duke at 15-1 and 5-0 and in the ACC, taking on Clemson on Tuesday night. Uh, also Louisville at Pitt. Uh, Jeff Capel just getting that new contract extension at Pitt. Louisville number 11 in the country with Chris Mack. That one also on Tuesday night. Uh, we made mention of Kansas and Oklahoma. West Virginia TCU. TCU 3-0 and uh, early on in the year. Of course, they got a notice of inquiry, an NOI letter from the uh, from the NCAA. It may be related to this whole federal investigation, the Adidas uh, connections, uh, and TCU and problems for Jamie Dixon. We'll find out. So anyway, 9 Eastern time is TCU and West Virginia on Tuesday. Maryland at Wisconsin in the Big Ten. And we mentioned San Diego State and Fresno State. We'll talk more about that game later on in the podcast. That is Tuesday night as well. In setting the table, we're also looking ahead to Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday night, Seton Hall Butler. Big East showdown in Hinkle Fieldhouse. Did you know the Butler Bulldogs 15-1 and right now? 3-0 in the Big East Conference, 
This one is a a tremendous regular season game for January. That's coming Wednesday. Virginia, the defending national champs, reeling right now. They will play at Florida State coming on Wednesday night, 7 Eastern time. Uh, Baylor off the Kansas win. You'll hear Tyler Jones talking more about Baylor. They host Iowa State on Wednesday. Auburn and Alabama. It's not just the Iron Bowl in football. It's going to be an outstanding basketball game, we believe, with lots and lots and lots of three-pointers being attempted. Auburn, Alabama Wednesday night as well. Wichita State also taking on Temple in the top 25 at Philadelphia late on Wednesday. That's an American Conference game. Thursday, my Memphis Tigers in the preview mode. Go Tigers, go. Memphis off of a bounce-back win against the USF Bulls in Tampa, defeating uh, USF South Florida. Florida on Sunday. I had to hang on to do it. They will now play Cincinnati. These teams have been rivals for going on 50 years in various conferences. American Conference Showdown, Penny Hardaway in Memphis hosting Cincinnati. John Brandon, the first year coach for the Bearcats, they're three and one in the American. So that one on Thursday evening early and then a couple of Pac-12 games of interest that we'll make mention of Oregon at Washington State simultaneous uh, Oregon right now ranked eighth in the country had a great win over Arizona in overtime at home last week uh, so Oregon right now 14-3, and ranked 8th in the country. Colorado has snuck into the top 25. They're 13-3. and They're at Arizona State, same time. So Oregon, Washington State, Colorado, Arizona State, both on Thursday. And we love talking West Coast basketball here on College Basketball Coast to Coast. And Gonzaga, Mark Few's team at 18-1, and hosting Santa Clara, who's got 15 wins already this year. That game late night, Thursday night, depending on when you're hearing us. So we're in the preview mode for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday as part of college basketball coast to coast. All right, so a couple of thoughts uh, from me. How many more times do we have to see this? We saw it in the North Carolina game where Roy Williams, boy, are they struggling. And and Roy, again, seems like he's almost in the mode here that this could be his final season at North Carolina. He's accomplished so much. He's a Hall of Fame coach. You look at him, and he looks beat down. Uh, He was that way a couple of years ago in the NCAA tournament, and you just weren't sure how many more years does he want to do this as you approach 70 years of age and beyond 70 years of age when you're physically and mentally worn down then again these coaches don't know anything else other than being a coach and a lot of misses but Roy has got to get with the program on fouling while up three and under five seconds to go in the game time and again we see this over and over and over again where teams do not foul in the final five seconds and give up the tying three-pointer to go into overtime and in this case it cost North Carolina the win uh, because Clemson goes on to win in overtime and I say it cost them the win because the the ratio I don't have this right in front of me I can tell you this that 15 times every year from January through the NCAA tournament in March, you'll see a team tie a game on a three at the end, tie a game with a three at the end without being fouled. You won't see one time, not one in those 15 games, where a team gets fouled and makes the three and then has a chance to win the game on a four-point play with a free throw. That does not happen. It, it, it doesn't happen one time in 50. It doesn't happen probably one time in 100. So if I've got 49 chances out of 50 or 99 out of 100 that fouling you keeps you from tying the game and the most you get is three free throws, and I hear the argument of, oh, you got to block out. And what happens if you don't block out if you make two? That's a different argument because that's not executing on the foul line. 
If they've made the first two free throws and then missed the third and you don't block out and let them score to beat you, that's a different scenario. That's something that you didn't do that you had an opportunity at a standstill to execute and do. In this case, you have to foul. Same thing with the UConn-Wichita State finish for Greg Marshall. Again, it worked out in this case for Wichita State that they eventually outlasted UConn Sunday in double overtime for a conference road win. But they didn't foul Connecticut's three-point shooter in the final three seconds. And by the way, at the end of double overtime, UConn had one had two chances. In, in like the final eight seconds, they took two threes where Wichita State didn't foul them. Or you might have been in a third overtime. Under five to go, up by three, you foul. And speaking of my Memphis Tigers and John Calipari, I'm still scarred 12 years later. Then speaking of Kansas and Mario Chalmers, it was right in front of me at the Alamo Dome at Press Row. You have to foul. Chalmers hit the shot. Kansas won in overtime. Broke my heart. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It is college basketball coast to coast. And by the way, if you found us on a social media link, however you found the show uh, through, uh, through a link, etc., subscribe. Find us on iTunes. Find us on Spotify. Find us on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find pod- podcasts, go subscribe to the College Basketball Coast to Coast podcast and get the insight automatically to your device whenever it's new. We'll typically be out on a Monday afternoon or a Tuesday with a new one previewing the week, and then another one on Thursday afternoon or Friday will pop out to preview the weekend of games, particularly Saturday and Sunday most of all. So again, kind of a recap mode and an early week preview on Monday, Tuesday, and then Thursday, Friday-ish, we're looking at games for the weekend all the way through the NCAA tournament. Subscribe. Go to iTunes and subscribe. Go to Spreaker and subscribe to the podcast, Spreaker.com, and subscribe to the podcast. It comes automatically to you. It is college basketball coast-to-coast, so go and subscribe. One other piece of business here. Love the uh, love the insight of all of our guests. We'll get to Tyler Jones and to Mark Wise in a couple of moments. I will tell you that college basketball coast to coast is brought to you in part by Play Pick Six. Go grab the Play Pick Six app right now in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store if you think you know about college basketball, about the NBA. We got the NFL playoffs winding down. I know we just concluded the college football season. What an amazing year for LSU and Joe Burrow, the Heisman winner. They beat Clemson on Monday night for the title game. College College football has been put to bed, but now we're big on the college hoops. That's why you're listening to this podcast. But if you follow the NBA, if you love the NHL, if you want to also pick games for these uh, conference championship games this weekend, Kansas City and Tennessee in the NFL, or the other matchup, San Francisco hosting Green Bay, go with the Play Pick 6 app. Pick any six games in a day. This is great for Saturday, by the way, with college uh, basketball and the NBA and that stuff, but it's also great midweek too. The NHL games can can be combined cross sports. Play Pick 6 is the app. You can go to playpick6.com and find out more. It's free to play. Absolutely free to download. Free to play. Play any six games. Pick them all correctly. And if you pick six correctly in the same night, in the same time frame on your Play Pick 6 app, you win a restaurant gift card just for playing for free. Check into it. You'll see all the It'll take you less than five minutes to sign up, have the app, and pick wherever you are. Whether you're in Florida, like I am, Big Ten country, uh, Pac-12 country, Big East country on college basketball coast. 
Coast to Coast, go get the app. Go to the Google Play Store. Go to the Apple Store. Find Play Pick 6. It's all one thing. Play Pick 6. Download the app. And again, by the dozens, by the hundreds, play. You can play over and over again. In fact, how about this? little secret here. If you're playing early in the evening and one of your teams loses on Play Pick 6, it zeroes you out because one of your teams lost. Play the West Coast games. College basketball and the NBA pick six more, including the NHL. Cross sports during the week. Do it on Saturday or Sunday. It is Play Pick 6. Go to playpick6.com. Download the app. It's free to play. You get a chance to win a restaurant gift card if you play Pick 6. All right, here we go. Guest coming up, Tyler Jones first from Lawrence, Kansas, talking KU and the Big 12. Mark Wise still to come after talking SEC, talking American Conference. It is college basketball coast to coast. Let's roll. Yeah, well, the reason we call the podcast College Basketball Coast to Coast is because we go all over the place to find out about different teams, about different conferences from the perspective of those that are there. And I always love uh, the insight when it comes to the Big 12. You hear this guy on KLWN in Lawrence, 1320 AM, but he's also got his own podcast uh, as well. Great insight on anything Kansas. Uh, for, first of all, he wants every Everyone to know that much like a game at Fog Allen Fieldhouse where he doesn't have tickets, the Chiefs are hosting the AFC title game, and Tyler Jones does not have tickets for that either. So we just want to put that out there. Stop calling you about tickets. You have no hookup at the moment. Hello. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I know a guy, but that's for just me only. Um, I'll, I'll... You have friends. You have friends and relatives you never knew you had this week. And if the and if the Chiefs make the Super Bowl, you'll have even more of them that you never knew you had. Can you get me a ticket? Can you get me in? Can you get me two? Uh, he is not Ticketmaster. He just wants you to know that. Uh, it is an exciting time, though, in and around there. Just as a general comment, because the Chiefs are doing well. Kansas basketball is always good. It's a it's a good time in January in and around Lawrence, Kansas City, etc. Oh, no question about it. If the Chiefs were going to lose on Sunday of last week, I felt like I was going to have to host a funeral (laughs) on air on Monday morning after that debacle KU went through on Saturday, and then Chiefs down 24 to nothing. But all is good. This Kansas team is fun to watch. They obviously have some figuring out to do. But this Chiefs group, I think they're the best team left. I would be surprised at this point if they don't win the Super Bowl which sounds crazy to say when you're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs of all teams, but good times right now, indeed. No doubt. All right, so I loved this, and I even remarked on social media when you were posting about it. Bill Self minced no words about his own team and his own shortcomings as a coach this Saturday, this past Saturday against Baylor. They were beaten 67-55 and beaten pretty decisively. And he said after the game, and you know I'm not a big swear guy, we got our ass handed to us. I I, I love that because we get so many uh, couched, cliched, non-answers he was just brutally honest about how bad they were and how get, how good Baylor was. You were there. Tell me more about Baylor Bears over Kansas Jayhawks in a regular season game at the Fog Saturday. Yeah, uh, obviously it was disappointing the way KU played, or I guess really just didn't show up per se. Um, you know, the difference of that entire game was that final three minute stretch of the first half when Baylor outscored KU twenty two to four. 
in that stretch. You look at the rest of the game up until then, and then the second half, KU was right there, toe-to-toe with Baylor. We talk about in college basketball all the time, this sport is a game of runs, and Baylor went on a heck of a run that was just too much for Kansas to overcome. They cut the lead down to five at one point in the second half, but Baylor held it on. And when you look at teams that win in Allen Fieldhouse, it's traditionally speaking not teams that win in a free-throw shooting contest. Um, you, you hear all the time people complaining about officiating and such at Allen Fieldhouse. They might have a reason to cry because things tend to go KU's way at home more so than they do on the road at a neutral site. And so if you get in a close game, there's a good chance KU's still going to come away with a victory. Scott Drew, Baylor's coach, he told him going in, if we're going to win this game, we got to be leading by 10 with two minutes to go. And they had that covered and then some. And we're in great shape to get that victory. Baylor's uh, the best team in the country right now. Oh, interesting. Um, interesting. I want to follow up on that. But this is nothing new. You think you're getting a call in the last two minutes of a close game at Cameron against Duke? Please. You think you think when you go to Michigan State and the Izone uh, in East Lansing, you're getting a call in the last two minutes with a close game with Carrier Dome, Syracuse? I can go on and on. Rupp Arena, Kentucky. You think that's no? So it's to be expected. And what a great mentality uh, from Baylor. And let's follow up on that point. How good are the Bears? You saw them firsthand. I was so impressed with this Baylor's Bears team. Um, you know, they have a, a good backcourt with, with Teague and those guys. Uh, you know, they can score at will, but they can play physical ball as well. They're really good down low, and they outman KU. You have a big man in Yudoka Azabuki that's going to be an NBA center. Looks old school, but yet he just got bullied all day long inside and had no answer for the bigs that Baylor had. They have versatility. They can play four guards, or they can play two bigs. They can do either way. They have that figured out. And when you look at that resume, five top 25 wins for the Bears, first time in school history that they've done that, it is amazing what this team's been able to do. And it's been a process for Scott Drew. This is a group that's grown up together, that's been waiting for this opportunity, and it appears they've jumped on it, that they've, uh, are here on the national stage ready to compete. And they look as good as anybody right now. now. They got that big win at Lubbock against Chris Beard's team that obviously was the national runner-up last year. Some some new players, though, for Texas Tech, but that's a hostile place in Lubbock. They won there. They won at Fog Allen, so they look good. Uh, you saw West Virginia uh, back a, a week ago, and Kansas beat them as well at the Fog. The Big 12 at the moment, as of Monday, has three teams in the NCAA's net ranking with Kansas, with Baylor, and with West Virginia. How good is West Virginia at the top of the of the Big 12? Give me a quick opinion, Tyler Jones. I really like this West Virginia team. Uh, Oscar inside uh, is as good as any big man I've seen in this league, and that's why he was Big 12 Player of the Week a week ago. Uh, I mean, he is an impressive. They still have good guard, guard play as well. It's not a traditional West Virginia team, though. We – are so accustomed to seeing West Virginia do that press Virginia thing. Mm-hmm. And they've cut back on that this year. They don't have the Javon Carters or those guys to run that like they've had in years past. So Huggy, he's adjusted accordingly where they're doing more traps and less presses, and it's paid off for this team. I think they're a talented bunch. They have some depth. And the big thing I've taken away from talking to folks out in West Virginia and talking to Bob Huggins both was, 
This is a group that likes each other, that gets along. And I know it sounds cliche almost, but this is the first time that Bob Huggins has had a team like this in his entire coaching career, he said, uh, that likes each other this much, that is like a family in this regard. And I think you're seeing it pay off where they're bringing the best out of each other and they're enjoying playing it. So uh, that to me is there's incredible chemistry with that West Virginia team. And I think that they would be a problem for anyone to deal with uh, when it comes late in the season. They're still getting better. That's a team that has potential to be an Elite Eight caliber team, I think, when it's all said and done. Love the insight of Tyler Jones, 1320 KLWN in Lawrence. Uh, Tyler Jones uh, also on social media, Tyler Jones Live. By the way, uh, Kansas at West Virginia coming in about three weeks on February the 12th uh, in Morgantown. Uh, so we look forward to that matchup. couple of moments uh, left here. Uh, I, you know, I, Again, I, I love the insight about all these different matchups. So at the time they're hearing is Kansas at Oklahoma Tuesday. Again, if you're listening beyond Tuesday here on College Basketball Coast to Coast, you already know that result, whether Kansas bounced back off the Baylor loss or did Oklahoma hand them uh, another tough defeat? Jayhawks on Saturday at Austin against Texas. Let's talk about both games real quick in the preview mode. Kansas obviously wants to come out and look good early, get the get the uh, get the bad taste out of their mouth, get out of the doldrums, right on Tuesday night there in Norman. Yeah, they do, and this was a team that they lost to last year in Norman, an Oklahoma team that didn't get out of the first round of the NCAA tournament, but Brady Manick just went off. And they have some talent, this OU team. It does. I think they're better than what their record indicates. So this is a trap game for Kansas. They need to bounce back, obviously, from the Baylor performance, that debacle. But this isn't just a given that they're going to turn it around and, and win tonight, per se. They have some work to do. I think that uh, defensively, this KU group is one of the better defensive teams that Bill's ever had. But he's certainly going to be tested tonight how good that defense is because Oklahoma can score at will. They have some legit talent uh, with Maddox and some of those other guys that are capable of scoring at any time. I think oh, I think KU is going to be tested tonight. And, and the other thing, too, is when they played in Norman in the past, they tend to have home court advantage. But that's mostly on a weekend game, a Saturday of some sorts. A Tuesday night in Norman, you're going to have some fans come out, but you're not going to have an overwhelming home court advantage in Norman of some sorts either. So they're going to have to come out. They're going to have to play well. And uh, defense is going to be key for this team to stop in the sooner. And again, you may already know that result if you're listening to us after Tuesday. Maybe Kansas won by 20. Maybe Oklahoma won by one. Whatever the case is, you know that result. We don't know that result at the moment on college basketball coast to coast. So that sets up the, the, the first of two meetings with Texas. And it's back-to-back road games for Kansas. Texas dropped one to Oklahoma midweek last week. Then bounced back and beat Kansas State. Although Kansas State is 0-3 to start the Big 12. So Texas won on the weekend against Kansas State. But, the, I mean, this is not easy to go to Norman and then and then regroup and go to Austin. We're going to find out a lot early here about Bill Self's team early in the conference with that follow-up game Saturday in Texas. Yeah, we will find out a lot. And Shaka Smart, I know that his tenure at Texas hasn't gone as planned per se, but he has presented quite a challenge for KU to deal with. They've had some really good games Texas has won there, I believe, two years in a row, that game down in Austin. So uh, with that being said, I think that this is going to be a physical game. We saw what KU did 
against Baylor. They did not deal well with that physicality. I think for the Jayhawks to win down in Austin, they're going to have to be versatile. Um, a lot of folks are talking about, hey, this team needs to play either four guards or two bigs and commit to one or the other. I disagree. As long as you have flexibility to do both, keep doing that and then do whatever works best for that matchup, whatever that day presents. And I think that going up against a big team like Texas, this might be your day where you call upon your two bigs to get it done down low. And you don't really need to come through and uh, have himself a, a good performance against these Longhorns. Again, they'll play the Longhorns again in early February, just in a couple of weeks. Uh, stand by for that for uh, Texas and Kansas. That'll be the big Monday, Monday night game in Lawrence on February the 3rd. This is the first meeting, though, in Austin that is upcoming. Love the insight of Tyler Jones. Tell the fans more about where they find you on social media. Promote away on your own podcast, young man. Go. Every weekday morning, 6 to 8 a.m. on our KLW in Lawrence. And uh, we love doing it. Love talking to KU sports and Chiefs and Royals and everything in between. And I've got a podcast up each and every week, Jones Report, on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, each and every uh, Thursday is where you can find that. And I appreciate the time, DJ, as always. And we'll talk down the line, my friend. I love it. The Jones Report is the name of Love the Jones Report is the name of the podcast out on Thursdays. Follow him at Tyler Jones Live for all things Jayhawks for the Chiefs. Again, he does not have tickets, people. Leave him alone about that. Just enjoy the games. Tyler Jones, thank you. Love the insight on Kansas and the Big 12, brother. Appreciate it, DJ. Thanks, man. The traveling man is back with me. Always love the insight, uh, the analysis, the humor, uh, everything that comes along. The basketball skills, the skill level is high. The potential is always great whenever we have Mark Wise around imparting wisdom on the College Basketball Coast to Coast podcast. Good to be back with you. And you you actually had a dandy on Saturday with a surprise ending in the American Conference. This has been a wacky season with some upsets, and anybody can kind of hang with anybody, and you saw it uh, firsthand, Mark Wise, with Tulsa upsetting Houston. Uh, good to be with you again here. Yeah, good to be with you, TJ. Yeah, Tulsa scored the last nine points of the game and upset Houston by two. Houston didn't make a field goal in the last five minutes. All I know is this, three-point shooting is down around the country, but our energy is just as high as ever. Yeah, we try to, we try to make it that way. And it, I mentioned weird scores. Uh, I am still sitting here coming off of Sunday trying to digest and figure out Purdue 71, Michigan State 42. It's one thing that they beat them, and I don't know you were traveling as well. I don't know how much you got to see of it, but Michigan State looked lost in that game. Cassius Winston, nine turnovers in that game. It's not Again, it's not just that they got beat. Mackey Arena, a tough place to play. Boiler up. You're a Purdue guy. Uh, but 71-42, some of these scores are just hard to figure when you watch some of these games, even in conference play, Mark. They are, but I do think they're starting to share something in common. And I joked a little bit about three-point shooting being down, and it is around the country, and I'll get to some numbers in a second. But when you go two for 16 at the arc, I just don't think you many teams like Michigan State did. You're asking for trouble. Um, I just don't think that happened a whole lot last year. So let me go ahead and throw some numbers out at you. A year ago, 64% of all teams shot 33.3% or better, and that's the equivalent of shooting 50% twos. 64% of all teams, all season long, 
shot that figure or better. This year, as of this morning, that figure is 45%. In the Big 12, in the Big 12, a year ago, nine of the 10 teams shot 33.3% or better. This year, three teams are shooting at that mark. In the SEC, 10 teams (laughs) shot better than that figure. This year, only two, and one of those two is Vanderbilt, who just lost the leading score and one of the best three-point shooters in the country, maybe for the entire year, Aaron Neesmith. So they figure to come down. Yes, three. I think coaches whiffed on the impact that the new three-point line would have. Games, uh, I think you're going to see a lot more games uh, this entire year where teams are just inept at the arc, and as a consequence, we're getting some of these, and more often than not, we're getting skewed scores. Yeah, and, and disparity, too, and it's a good point. So they, they moved the arc back, what, about nine inches or a foot right around there? Yeah, and a little more than a foot. It's yep. made a huge difference. I mean, look at Virginia, the defending national champs. They played Syracuse on the weekend. To your point, 7 of 31, missed 24 of 31 tray attempts, Syracuse made five more, twelve of thirty, forty percent. They win by eight. So they're I mean in yeah, Virginia. Yeah, you, yeah. You cannot fight uphill in the three point differential. If your opponent's making ten and you're only making five, then you've got to make those fifteen points up somewhere. And TJ, that is hard to do. Yeah. And teams are uh, proving that and demonstrating that. Um, all right, so I always I always love your insight on uh, on several of these different subjects. So it's good that we got on three point shooting. This man has harped for years, and I love him for it on our coverage here on College Basketball Coast to Coast and on TuneIn and elsewhere where I've interviewed him. Forget about rebounding and defense. You haven't said it today, but you're going to say it 15 more times. What do you got to do? You got to score, score, score. And this is another way in which you're saying it. You got to go score. You got to score more frequently in a variety of ways, and you got to make threes. And uh, so we're seeing some of that. Uh, all right. So what else? What else has struck you here? Again, you're involved midweek with the Southeastern Conference games, uh, and then on the weekend with the American Conference games. Since last we talked, Wichita State, for example, who I know you're going to have later in this week, uh, defeated my Memphis Tigers. Boo! They were very good last Thursday night in Wichita, and then they went and won a double overtime game. Uh, with UConn, and I've already made mention of this before you came on. Here's another one of our axioms. Uh, that was a game where Greg Marshall and his team did not foul UConn at the end of regulation, and UConn tied the game in the final couple of seconds with a three. Eventually, it worked out for Wichita State. Uh, they won in double overtime, but they didn't foul at the end. But still, two big wins for the Shockers since last we've talked, and you're going to have them later in the week. Yeah, really, in that UConn game, Wichita State was up nine points with a minute five to go and almost gave it away. UConn Mm. went to some pressure, and Wichita State had some untimely turnovers, and that's the reason why that game ended up in overtime. I'm watching Memphis at USF on Sunday afternoon as well, and finally Memphis wakes up and kind of catches USF down the stretch, and then Memphis, I thought in the last 90 seconds, tried to give the game back away. They just made some really poor decisions. And that is a question I have about this Memphis team with their guard play. Will they make better basketball decisions 
in close games, in important games that matter. Yeah, well, we're going to find that out. They, they got toasted in the second half at Wichita, and they, they played a lot of the first half of the USF game like it was a continuation of the Wichita State game, did Memphis. And uh, Penny Hardaway's team found a way to win. They've got Cincinnati later in the week in American Conference uh, action. Uh, what else? What else is on your plate? I, I, I have teased. We're going to get to the Three Wise Men. The first installment of 2020 of the Three Wise Men is upcoming, but what else? Anything else striking you uh, right about now? Well, how about let's look at our two unbeatens that still remain. Uh, San Diego State is at Fresno State on Tuesday night. Then they host Nevada on Saturday. How about this, though, TJ? Auburn this week is at Alabama and yep. then at Florida. So they've got a tough slate of games. And speaking of that Auburn at Alabama game, that's Wednesday night at 9 p.m. on the Deuce. How many threes are going to be shot in that game? <laughs> I'm putting I'm putting the over-under at 59. 59 threes. We know Alabama's going to take 30 with the new style of play under Nate Oates and the way that Kyra Lewis Jr. and John Petty are playing. And Auburn's getting so much mileage out of that senior class. Now, Auburn's built a little bit different this year, TJ, because Austin Wiley has given them something that they have not had the last three or four years. They're not quite as reliant on the three-point shot because Wiley gives them a presence down in that high-rent district where they can throw it in. They actually have an inside-out approach, but they're, they're those older players in terms of Dowdy and, and McLemore and Purifoy, and then you mix in the, the beauty of the freshman Isaac Okoro. Uh, this Auburn team is for real, but they have a tough week ahead of them. Yeah, no doubt about that. These two teams will play twice. They'll play again in February, the second week in February at Auburn. Uh, and we'll see. You're right. The ball's going to be in the air a bunch behind the arc. That will be a fun one. Uh, we're looking at a lot of fun ones. And I'm, I'm, hey, without further delay, let's get the the proper intro. Here we go for the first time in 2020. And now it's time for Mark Wise's Three Wise Men. Always looking for three wise men. Let me preface it as I do every year by saying these can be players, these can be coaches, these can be conference uh, commissioners, athletic directors. You might even go to the women's game, which you've done, and it's a, it's a wise lady in the three wise men. Uh, fire away, sir. The floor is yours, Coach Mark Wise. TJ, do you have any idea who Ryan Daly is? I should, but I don't. Educate me. He, he's a guard at St. Joe's, and if you haven't done this yet, you need to do this. Google Ryan Daly, St. Joe's against Davidson, and watch the three-point shot that he makes to send the game into overtime because a teammate is actually throwing it to somebody else at the arc as he's running by. And he kind of off one foot with one hand catches the ball and harpoons it toward the basket, and it goes in. It's an unbelievable play. You've got to see it to believe it. And so he is wise man number one, much like Coach Wise back in the day, never met a shot he wasn't going to take, even if the pass was intended for somebody else. Let's go tie the game. Uh, So that is (laughs) wise man number one. Another wise man, please, on the list. Well, look, if your program is 0-59, 
and going to somebody else's arena and you've never won there before and somehow you pull it off and yeah we can talk about maybe this is not Carolina's best team and the fact that Cole Anthony is hurt and certainly that hurts the Tar Heels but wise man number two is Brad Brunell of Clemson the head coach congratulations on the win can you imagine now Clemson's going to be able to put on their uh, uh, game day notes next year, record at the <laughs> Dean Dome or at Carmichael Arena, 1-59. and 59. That was, uh, it was one of the most incredible oddity stats that you could go to another team's place 59 times in a row, uh, really 59 seasons because you don't really play them twice in the same year. And that uh, it's um, incredible they had not won their once accident. Even that horrible Matt Doherty team in the early 2000s still beat Clemson that year. Um, and again, North Carolina in that game behind the arc. Mark doesn't even have to look. I'm going to tell you, six of 26 three-point shooting in that game. They were bad. And again, for Roy Williams and everybody else, foul at the end of the game they didn't foul up three in the final five seconds it's burned him before in the ncaa tournament as well foul at the end if you're up three he didn't do it they got to overtime clemson won that's an excellent wise man finish it off for me sir tj i think we all know that san diego state is one of the two unbeatens remaining in the country but I don't think Malachi Flynn is a household name yet. He's the point guard, the transfer from Washington State, who sat out last year. And if there's been a missing piece in the Aztec puzzle the last three or four years, they've always had good wings. They've had rim protectors. They've had guys that could operate block to block. But they've been a little shallow at the point guard position. That has all changed with wise man number three. Malachi Flynn not only has the Aztecs undefeated, he's their leading scorer, 16 points a game, more than five assists a game, and shooting, are you ready for this? 43% from bonus land. Mm. He's getting it done in a lot of ways, and he's the reason why San Diego State is one of the two unbeaten. And again, depending on when you're hearing us, San Diego State on Tuesday night, a game on ESPN2 against Fresno State at 11 Eastern time. You may already know the result of that game. Can they run the table right now? Uh, I got a load of them the other night when they were playing at the at the pit in Albuquerque, and they looked uh, fantastic. Uh, San Diego State now seventeen and zero on the season. Again, Fresno just one and four. I've done a couple of games, did a tournament uh, there in, in what is the safe the Save Mart Center in Fresno. Will Fresno have anything for them? On Tuesday night, we will find out. And another game as we come off of the the Wiseman is a Wednesday night Big East game. We are college basketball coast-to-coast hanging here with Mark Wise. Seton Hall, Butler, that one on Fox Sports 1. Uh, again, check your listing on TuneIn, SiriusXM to hear the game, but see it on FS1. Seton Hall at Butler. That is uh, Butler right now uh, with Laval Jordan, the coach, 15-1. and one. Hello at Hallowed Hinkle Fieldhouse playing that. That's an entertaining Big East game for sure. Butler ranked fifth in the country. Seton Hall 18th in the country, Mark. Yeah, I love the, the defense that Butler plays and the combination inside and outside between Baldwin, Baldwin and McDermott. Now, McDermott is also a three-point extraordinaire but I'm looking at this matchup, and I, just, I think this may be the two best teams in the Big East. But I'm looking at 
can the Butler defense somehow do something very few teams have been able to do against Seton Hall, and that's get a handle on Miles Powell. Mm-hmm. He is a unbelievable load as a scoring guard. Uh, that That's a game worth watching on Wednesday night. Well, remember Powell had uh, the concussion uh, back uh, in the Rutgers game, but he has come on strong since then. Uh, they played Marquette. Uh, this past weekend, he had 23 in that game in the easy win over Marquette. So Kevin Willard's team uh, rolling along. couple more moments. Mark Wise at MW Hoops on Twitter. Great follow uh, if you're a college basketball fan. Again, he will be working Arkansas-Vanderbilt Wednesday night, depending on when you're hearing this SEC action on the SEC network. You've got Houston-Wichita State coming on Saturday. Uh, Mark will be working Rock that game. Fight. How about that? That's that'll be a rock. Fight. That'll be a lot of that'll be a lot of fun. Couple more. Virginia, the defending champs. We mentioned how bad they shot it uh, in their loss to Syracuse. They play at Florida State on Wednesday night. That one will be intriguing at the Donald Tucker Center. There, Florida State ninth in the country, fourteen and two. Is Virginia going to be three and three in the ACC if they don't win that game? They got to yeah. bow up, right, to be able to win that one. I just don't see how Virginia is going to be able to score enough points against Florida State. We will find out in that one. And then Cincinnati and Memphis, as I mentioned, is a Thursday night game. And do not sleep on Colorado. Now in the top 20, Colorado playing 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain Time at Arizona State coming Thursday night. That's another game to keep an eye on in the Pac-12. Uh, in that matchup, Oregon, by the way, also off the overtime win against uh, Arizona last week. Oregon at Washington State simultaneous Thursday night, 9 Eastern, 6 in the West as we're in kind of the preview mode here early on in the week. All right, so you're off to uh, Fayetteville uh, for Vanderbilt and uh, Arkansas and then Wichita State and Houston on the weekend and a lot of hoop watching in between. Going to be a good week here, Mark Wise, to watch all this unfold here in January. The craziness is all around us, and yet I think it's what is uh, the beauty of college basketball. And let's see who can make some three-point shots to Mark's (laughs) stat there. We'll keep an eye on that. Go, Give me offense. Go, go put the ball in the hole. Uh, Coach, thank you. As always, I love being with you on College Basketball Coast to Coast. Travel safe. We'll watch you on the tube. Thanks, TJ. Always love talking to our guest, uh, whether it was Tyler Jones all the way back at the beginning of the podcast or Mark Wise right there. Love the three wise men, and we're going to march towards the madness and march here over the next six weeks. More about those wise men, more about guests every which direction. By the way, follow this show on social media at CBB Coast to Coast, the number two, CBB Coast to Coast on social media on Twitter. Uh, Again, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spreaker, on Spotify, on Google Pie, wherever you find podcasts, just search College Basketball Coast to coast and whether you found us through a social media link or through Spreaker or one of those and a link again subscribe it'll come automatically to you Monday Tuesday or later in the week when we're previewing the weekend we're recapping midweek it comes Thursday or Friday twice a week two doses of college basketball coast to coast love the insight love the predictions again thanks to Tyler Jones we'll see what Kansas does on Tuesday night with Oklahoma you may already know that result did they bounce back from the Baylor loss they're playing Texas on Saturday 
Again, uh, Tyler covering those. Uh, follow him at Tyler Jones Live. Mark Wise covering uh, the SEC on the SEC Network with Arkansas Vanderbilt coming on Wednesday night. You may already know that result here in the middle of the week. He's got Wichita State and Houston on the weekend, both of those on the ESPN family of networks. And some great action, whether you're talking about Virginia at Florida State on Wednesday, Seton Hall Butler on Wednesday. Uh, Maybe it's those Pac-12 games, Oregon-Washington State. Uh, that is coming on uh, Thursday, Colorado, Arizona State in the Pac-12, late night Thursday, Gonzaga, Santa Clara, late, late night, Eastern time, prime time in the West. Love talking the college hoops. Love the insight. Glad that you found us here on the College Basketball Coast to Coast podcast. Again, I'm merely TJ Reed trying to hold the fort down uh, with my guests. We love talking college hoops. Spread the word about the nation's college basketball show and podcast. It is College Basketball Coast to Coast. We look forward to all the games this week. We're back later in the week with a new show on College Basketball Coast to Coast. Bye.